Welcome to the Live, Laugh, Love Real Estate Podcast. Hosted by Boston real estate agents Lisa Loveland and Costa Hanses. On this podcast, you'll hear everything from real estate tips, insights, and stories to personal development strategies, mindset hacks, and all things Boston. Now, join me in welcoming your host, Lisa Loveland. Welcome back to Live, Laugh, Love Real Estate. Conversations with Lisa and Costa. Today, we're going to have a little bit of a different conversation. Um, We're going to talk about current events because there's so much happening. So much. (laughs) Locally here at the Boston level, we just had our mayoral race. And in the first time ever in 199 years, uh, uh, we have a a woman mayor um, who is non-white. Um, we have had white males for 199 years. I didn't know that. When you think about that, that's really unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so regardless of where you fall on politics, that is a huge, huge um, historical moment. Um, it'll be very interesting to see um, you know, how, how effective she is. She won by quite a bit. Um, she's progressive maybe a little bit more progressive than I am, <laughs> <laughs> I think. But uh, we remain open. For um, sure. And we'll see, um, you know, I think uh, I've, when we had um, John Santiago on here, he, he had a lot of really great ideas. It's too bad he had to bow out of the race. But um, the whole uh, Methadone Mile that's now been renamed Mass and Cass, where all of the, you know, the tent communities are, I mean, I, that's, that's something that really, really, really has to change. Uh, people need help people need rehab people need housing and the neighborhood needs to not have that element i'm um, walking around because we're going to start to see people really selling and city will lose its tax bases so there's a lot of pretty big items that she's she's up against for sure and that's like the the whole issue with politics is too is there's like so much that needs to be covered mm-hmm. where do you even start for yeah. that example methadone mile now they changed it the name of it but the issue there, there's not just like a one-stop shop. It's not like a direct issue. Here's the direct source of the issue. There's so many variables, oh, whether yeah. that's education, schooling, housing, so many different things. So if I were her too, and just in, in anything, you got to be strategic and really try to pinpoint the things that will have the most impact at the end of the day. Go for the things that might not, you can't fix everything, but just go for the things that from the beginning, try to go upstream and try to find the things that are truly causing the root of the issue and try to make a dent in that. So that's right. Definitely, yeah. See, I, I don't like to make opinions about anybody without just the job that they've done. So anybody can say a lot, as we know, politicians and anybody likes to say that they're going to do X, Y, Z and all these these great things. And a lot of the times we find that it never really happens. And it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just if you're running for something, you have to create some hype behind you and have to have the people behind you. But um, you got to make they, sure you've got the right team in place to, you know, get things actually moving. And that's that's a challenge. It's hard to get things done to say we want a a city for everyone. Of course, who doesn't, you know, and I don't mean to be negative on this. (laughs) Yeah, totally. What does that actually mean? And how is that going to get done? Um, You know, equality for everyone, of course. But how are we going to do that? Right. Um, And affordable housing. um, We we need to we need to really make some 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 changes, maybe some zoning changes so we can go higher and have, you know, more 
We need more inventory. There's so many things that um, that the city does need. So many cities need it, but Boston need it, needs it big time. So you know what? She's really articulate. I think she ran a great campaign, campaign and um, I, I feel like she's going to do a great job. Um, I wouldn't want to be in her shoes. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about that, and I, I was literally thinking about some, being someone like that on the way in, just like going throughout the city, walking around the city, and kind of just being recognized by everybody and everybody having certain opinions about you and really trying to just get into your business now that everybody wants to know about your family. And that's a, a whole thing about politics. If, for example, I, I think my mom was saying this to me, but I was joking around saying I want to get into politics or I think I was like, I could do a good job in terms of like, I don't know, like, cause I feel as though you watch these people on TV and like their speeches and different things. And it's just like, why don't they say stuff like this? Or why wouldn't they do this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And it's like, you get the feeling like, Oh, I could do a better job, but it's like, would you even want that much pressure? Because like if you if you run as soon as you do, they're going to be digging through your past no, and this the, and yeah, trying to find things. Yeah, that's the problem. You can't get, 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 you know, it's hard. Who wants to subject themselves to that? You know? Totally. Um, so anyway, we wish her the best of luck. I'm glad she's in office and uh, what a historical moment for the city. For sure. A and for her. Um, so we'll bring it back down to something a little um, less local and more related to real estate, everything that is happening with Zillow. Craziness. Now, crazy. Now, anyone who's been watching knows that we've been talking about Zillow. It's really interesting to follow. I, I personally am a believer in, um, you know, using Zillow as an agent. And I, I, I whoa, probably whoa. shouldn't even say this. Hold up. <laughs> but I figure, you know what, you got to go where the fish are biting and why not drop your pole there? So it's, you know, it's it can be expensive to advertise, but it's I think it's the most effective way to really get, you know, get some uh get some leads. I do get the fact that, you know, we're giving that information to Zillow in order for it to be used against us. However, you know, it's, this is where the industry has gone. This is where it's continuing to go. And you have these huge players that are coming in for disruption. So being a smaller agency and group, we can kind of look at things that work best for us. I can understand being a big brokerage. Um, and you don't at all want to have anything to do with Zillow. And I get that um, from a numbers and an economic standpoint. However, we all, we, both of us thought that the iBuying was really never going to take off. Um, maybe in other parts of the country, but not in a complicated, sophisticated city like Boston. It's, it's, we're still, you still need real estate agents. It's still a personalized um, uh, relationship uh, transaction. And you, it's, it, what, what Zillow just ran up against as far as having to lay off what, 25%? 20%. 20%. 20, 25%. 25% of their, of their and they staff. they just stopped the whole entire... For people that don't know, they were do, Zillow was doing um, something called iBuying, where they were just buying houses themselves, where you just realistically, if you were the seller of the house, really didn't have to deal with too many issues. So you just They just took care of the business, and they gave you what seemed to be competitive offers. Like they were saying like in terms of the pricing, people would assume, oh, Zillow's going to lowball you. Because like you go to... I always give the example of GameStop or anywhere. You go to, you're trading a game or trading like your computer somewhere... They're always going to give you a lot less for the trade and value right. or or, the, or car dealership just because they're saving you a lot of the hassle. So that's what Zillow is doing in terms of i buying in the first place. Right, and then they would then they would bring it on with an agent that was from Zillow and and resell it in the market. Correct. Um, they had about seven thousand of those homes that they had purchased and and they all of a sudden stopped um, because they were so backlogged because they had didn't have um, didn't take into account supposedly the supply chain. Yeah. And who was going to do the renovations to get these back out on the market? Personally, I find that hard to believe. They're brilliant. They've got great ideas. They've been in this disruption for a long time. That's a 
that's pretty elementary to not understand that with COVID there's going to be supply chain issues and, um, and to be off on your timing that much and to be off on your staffing that much. Yeah. Um, I, I th- it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I was glad that it didn't work um, because it, it shows that real estate agents still have a value add. And, you know, we've said this before. Totally. Our value add is not to find you the house because of all these uh, public portals. You know, you can do that. People love looking for real estate. Our value add is in the relationships we have with other agents and making the process seamless and being able to veer away from the bumps that you always can run into in a real estate transaction. It's a huge, sophisticated, complicated deal. Um, if you have a good real estate agent, we make it simple, and that's why it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. But trust me, it is. And we've said this before. When when real estate goes south, it goes south quickly. Um, totally. You're going to want somebody to, at the end of the day, too. It's like from until you become an agent. Like before I was an agent, like I understood a little bit about the agent, what the agent actually does. But until you're actually an agent and you realize what goes on behind the scenes, because it's just like so much that if you don't understand, have a concept, a grasp of how the process works, especially if you're, how many times do you buy a home in your, for the average person, they don't buy too many homes in their life. So if you're going to go through this, this transaction, say once or twice, you're probably going to want somebody to be like, Hey, like this is what you're going to expect at this point. Because if you're confused at something, you're dealing with a, a big transaction. If you're confused at some point, you're like, I don't really, I'm not really getting this. Uh, why, why is this happening? Why is this? You're going to right. want somebody to actually explain it rather than like a computer or something being like, oh, error here and it's delayed. And you're like, it's, why is this happening? Right. It's a completely emotional for purchase sure. and process. And I've said this so many times, you can get the mo- you can get a CEO of a company that does t- contracts and deals and negotiates all day long and he gets in, he or she gets into their own personal uh, dis- transaction and emotions come up and, and, and it's, we're, financial planners, we're friends, we're professionals, we're psychiatrists. Yeah. <laughs> and you right. and you need somebody who can manage that on, on your end of the deal, whether you're representing the buyer or the seller, and be able to communicate effectively with the other buyer or the other listing agent because you don't have access directly to that client. Right. Um, so those types of communications become very, can become um, very difficult and frustrating and you have and, and, and emotions kill deals so you got to manage all emotions and make sure that that process stays on track and if you don't have a person that has that experience um or, or skill set it's can be a very challenging transaction for yeah. sure i'm curious and well i'm interested first of all to see where where zillow goes from there is it again as you said before is it a mistake that they didn't do it uh maybe what do they, what does this mean? There's a whole lot of speculation of why they're doing that. Maybe, I mean, maybe Zillow's just feeling as though that this is not the route to go yet. I, I personally think that could be part of it too, because I don't think the technology is really there to make the process super streamlined. You right. still need the human interaction at some points to make sure the deal goes through and power it. We, when we had Austin Reeves on, he talked about, or Austin Reed on, he talked about uh, how the mortgage process isn't at the point where it's just seamless right. and the technology is just not there. It will be someday, of course, just, just with anything, but you're still probably going to need some some sort of human touch points. But I don't know if Zillow just realized there's a uh, that's not the market to be in right now. They should probably focus on what they're doing because what they were doing before works. I mean, their revenue's down. They lost, according to this, they had a, a record uh, or recorded nearly $422 million in losses before taxes. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But you know what? I think, um, I think they... I think they're too smart to have really failed. I think they probably tested the waters. Think about it. 7,000 houses. That sounds a lot, a lot, but it's not, no. not, not for a company as large and, and with the reach that they have. Right. And they can write that off as a loss. 
and then yeah. sell those sell those homes to a hedge fund right. who will keep that inventory and rent it. Um, and that's not a great situation really at all for the consumer because then they have we, we, what we need is more inventory, more sales inventory, not not more rental inventory, and not where some one company is dictating um, that the price points or mm-hmm. the amount of inventory. So if Zillow is buying all of this up and selling it to hedge funders, hedge funds, they have a scary amount of control as to what happens in the For real sure. estate market. So it's going to be um, very interesting to watch this in the next three to six months. Totally. We'll see what happens with Zillow. Everybody, the real estate agents, I guess, worst nightmare. It's like the uh, villain of the real estate agent yeah. version movie would be Zillow, <laughs> the evil villain Zillow. But like, I, as you said in the beginning, if you're fearful of that, then you shouldn't be in the business anyways because you need to adapt. You need to, if you the do. technology's there, if right. you ran away from technology 10 yeah. years ago, you'd be screwed now. And you've got to find your, 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 your value and be able to present it. Totally. And, and that goes with any industry. If there, there aren't many industries in this day and age right now that are not being disrupted. Um, my mother and I always say this old ways don't work anymore. So if you're relying on the old ways, um, that's, you're going to have a tough road. You've got to be able to look at what's happening and figure out where you can add value and how you can work within it. Um, the it's, you know, the floodgates have opened. We're not, we're not shutting them anytime soon. So you gotta, you gotta figure it out and go with the flow and figure where, what, how you get your piece of it. Totally. Yeah. The, the agent's, playing card right now isn't withholding information it's not like before when agents there was no zillow there was no online stuff where you could look at homes where you had to come to somebody whether that was a travel agent real estate agent whatever business you're in where you had the information nobody the public couldn't access it the car dealership oh i don't know what the car show me the car facts that wasn't around before so you Mm -hmm. had to trust that the person the dealer the real estate agent whoever it was had the right information was telling you the right stuff which is I think crazy now just to see the that's why cryptocurrency and nfts are going so crazy because it's decentralized and people want to see the yep. transaction so um the next topic which is just kind of crazy it was an article where gary v was talking about nfts and the future of nfts as you know last episode we talked all about nfts our favorite topic it's a hot topic now you see things like nike and other companies getting oh, yeah. involved in it so if you're someone people like to hate on nfts and say oh they're stupid but it's like when these no, big players coming. come in like yep. you better watch out so and we'll talk about nike in a little bit about what they're doing with this whole metaverse oh, uh, what they're doing in the metaverse well, um, the, well, i don't think i even told you but uh i got speak of the metaverse i got one of those oculus quest 2 headsets oh, the vr did? headsets yeah um i caved in the day after that facebook announced that they were changing their name yeah. i always wanted to get one at some point but it was like i just didn't and then they had it on sale and I was like, I'm going to go get it. I had to go to three stores. It said it was online, but they didn't have it. But I had to go. I was like, oh, go here. No, they didn't have it. I go, Target. No, they don't have it. Went to Best Buy and officially they had it. And they didn't have it because they were sold out? Or yeah. They didn't have it? Wow. That's because great. everybody announced and everybody went to go buy the headsets. Yeah. I mean, How it's, did you it's like insane. It? It's insane. I mean, I haven't really used it a, a ton, but there's just different. Uh, the big focus is gaming. There's a bunch of games you can buy, just like you'd buy a game for a game console, the next box PlayStation. You could buy video games for those systems. You can also buy video games for the, the Quest 2, and it's a, a virtual experience where you're actually around moving your character, whether that's a shooting game, you're shooting stuff, or zombies or something, or it's just a cooking game, a fitness app. There's different like things you can do for working out. One of my favorite apps, and I've been hy- hyping up to my friends, and is this app called Big Room. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much these virtual rooms where you sit in almost like a, it's like a movie theater, some rooms where you can be in a room with 12 people and there can be a movie playing on the screen 
and it's literally like you're in a movie theater. You look around, it's a movie theater, you have your character, and if you look to the right, you could see your friends if they're in the room, you could look to your left, you see your other friend, and you guys can talk to each other. So I was watching Monday Night Football uh, with, the, no, none of my friends really have it yet, but I was like, mm -hmm. let me see this app, and there's a public room you can join. You can go there, and you can watch Monday Night Football in a room with people, and you can talk about the game that's going on. I, I, and that's wild, and I know that this is where it's all going. But I have to say, at, at my age, I how is this going to affect our ability to socialize? It's going to be tough. You know, I mean, it, it's what it, it's 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 the difference. Okay, so you can talk to your your buddy next to you, at, at, you know, watching the football game. That's kind of like being on a Zoom call, you know, a Zoom meeting, versus actually being in the office and having that more dynamic exchange. Um, so I, I'm I'm I'm. I'm intrigued by all of it. I don't know that I'm sold on it. I'm going to have to get sold on it because it's the way we're, that we're going. It's going to be. And, um, but it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, they market it too. It's not just like at this point, they're not marketing as like not go out and hang out with friends. It's more of like if somebody's not in your vicinity or area, say if you have like a grandparent, a lot of the commercials okay, are like grandparents. That, yeah, that, I can see that. Yeah. You can literally play checkers with your, your grandparent, like yeah. somebody in virtual or somebody that you don't see across the country. I, I think it would be cool if like one of your friends... Um, and I'm somebody that likes to socialize and get on person. So I, I before would probably be like, this is dumb. But now that I've gotten more into the scene and realize what's going on, um, I appreciate it a lot more. And it's like, if you have a friend and say you're on the East coast and they're in the West coast, you can, and you don't see them that often, you can be in a virtual room and look like look, I could be looking at you across the country and be like, Hey, what's going on? Like not yeah, too much ha wild. and have a normal, we could do the podcast yeah. and VR. It, <laughs> I, that's probably going to be an, a yeah. thing that's going on. Like yeah. the virtual work rooms is a popular thing too. And it's like, Hated or love it, as you were saying before. I but mean, it's where it's going. The connection, I mean, the connection's still there, though. You're still, it's not as uh, as we're used to face-to-face, -to -face, but you're still, like, having conversation. You have stuff to, I guess, socialize. It is, of course, a lot different because you're just, like, a, a character version of yourself. But there's going to be, like, avatars that you can make one that looks like you. Yeah. But we'll get into that later. Um, in terms of NFTs, this article is talking about Gary Vee predicting the NFT industry. He was saying that he thinks that there is going to be a lot of carnage coming. And a, loss, a lot of loss is going to be happening in the NFT space. And specifically being, and I've noticed this too, it's because it's so new. People are like, oh, I can just get rich quick in this NFT right. space. And oh, I'll, I'll buy this one. There's a lot of hype. But people aren't researching who the people are that actually create these NFTs. Who well, are the founders? Who are the people, the team behind it? And I think it's because people don't know. It's so new. People don't really know what they should be looking for when right. they go into an looking at an NFT. We talked about it. If you haven't listened to, I we posted a clip on IG. I, I, I did podcast, talk about yeah. how like what to look for in a team. Yep. I did some TikToks on that as well. Um, but it's yeah, it's like people are buying NFTs without knowing the founders. Mm -hmm. And if these founders can't keep up the community and keep up the hype, keep new things coming to the thing because NFTs is essentially like a community. You're buying into one of the top NFTs is, is Board Ape Yacht Club, and they they go for millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's a status symbol, but these these NFTs actually get you into specific events, mm -hmm. yacht parties, private parties that you wouldn't be able to get into without them. So you have yeah. to show that you're a holder of that to get into. So people want to, of course, be in those social atmospheres too. But the founders there are established and they're doing a great job for the community by doing those special events. So there's hype. You want to buy that because you want to go to that stuff. But if you're just a, a person that creates a project and just the artwork's okay, it's kind of cool, but that never manages the community, then those things are going to tank and somebody's going to go to another NFT community. That's right. That's right. And you're going to lose a lot of money if you're just blowing money on NFTs and you don't even know what's what's going on. So 
he says it's going to be scary. I, I agree. I was thinking the same thing too, because I, I, you go into these chat rooms of new projects and I see these people talking about them and they're just like, uh, no idea what's going on about who the founders are. I'm like, how do you buy something where you don't know who the person behind the yeah. project is? That seems pretty, uh, <laughs> dumb. Cause they think, because they everybody wants to get rich quick scheme and, and those usually don't work out so well. No, and definitely not, not in the long term, at least. Um, and he goes on to the article to say that I didn't even know this too, but he owns 59 crypto punks, which That's is one of the top crazy. NFTs. What which, is it like $32 million? Yeah. It's a, right. a, in the thirties, which is just, uh, insane. I, I don't know. He had the crypto punks is one of the first NFT projects that came out first. Like, um, I think it not exactly the first, I don't think it was the, like literally the first one, but one of the first big projects that came out and they actually were, it was in 2017. They came out for free. You wow. could get one of these for free, and now they're selling for millions of dollars. Wow. He's the top project. So, he, uh, I, I don't know when he got it, but he invested, he said, $32 million. So, he wasn't at the initial launch, unless he got something at the initial launch. Yeah. But that is uh, just a crazy amount of money to spend on NFTs. So, if you're uh, thinking about NFTs and don't really think it's legitimate, like someone like him, Gary Vee, is investing $32 million, yeah. it's probably something there. And it's, it's fun to do the research to see, you know, which ones could have that huge upside potential. Totally. And it's definitely something you want to get in and out of right now because there is so much volatility in it. For sure. And if you ever have any questions about NFTs, do we do, we do we even, I don't even know if we went into too much detail about the NFT thing. We'll save that for later. We'll save it for another one because there's so much to be talk, talk, uh, talked about about that. Um, we're also going to have somebody on that actually trades them. Mm -hmm. um, we just have to uh, coordinate schedules. So um, we're, we're, as you can tell, we're going to be following this pretty closely and we're doing our own stuff too. So it's uh, super exciting, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll try to be, the educators of, of this for, for sure, you know, the next six months, 12 months. Totally. Um, talk a little bit about gaming crypto. So gaming crypto is like the going to be the biggest, I think, industry in terms of cryptocurrency. Gaming industry is a billion dollar industry. Gaming's huge. People love to play video games. Um, I personally am only really invested in gaming crypto because mm -hmm. what I just said, it's a billion dollar industry and the environment of games are changing. Um, if you're at all familiar with gaming, like popular games like Call of Duty, Fortnite, um, NBA, the 2K games, Madden, those games, um, Roblox is a big one too. Before those games, you could buy like in-store purchases. You could go in the game if I w go into Call of Duty or Fortnite and I could buy like skins for my character, like outfits for my character. And I would use real money to do that. So you would use like a hundred, you'd say you'd go in the game and it's like, all right, this this skin costs a thousand V bucks, which is Fortnite's token or coin. They don't have, actually have a cryptocurrency yet, but a thousand um, V bucks, which say is equivalent to a hundred bucks. So then you need to go buy with your credit card a hundred dollars worth of V bucks and then transfer it out. And then you had now have a thousand V bucks to then go buy your favorite skin. So you buy your favorite skin, it's in the game. Um, and if you just have more money in the game, it's just sitting in Fortnite or one of those games. You can't take that money out and go buy a, a right. coffee down the street. You can't do anything else with it. You can't do anything else with the skin. It really has no real world use except for in that video game. Mm -hmm. But now what what they're doing with the cryptocurrency industry and crypto, um, they're now making gaming coins where you can then have, say, that one of those games like Fortnite or Call of Duty have their own currency, which they do right now, but say they actually adopt a cryptocurrency coin, they can then use that coin to buy stuff in the game. And these game, this actual cryptocurrency will be traded just like a normal stock. So Call of Duty or Fortnite's token will be traded on a cryptocurrency exchange, just like another stock where then if you buy, say for example, you buy then 
whatever the coins come out for those video games or those top video games that can then go up in value and go down. And if, for example, you're going to say, I'm done playing Call of Duty or this, you can then sell your tokens, your Call of Duty tokens on the actual cryptocurrency exchange and cash out for actual dollars. Yeah, that's great. So you're not playing video games and the, and the beauty is of it too. So you're actually playing those games. They're, they're not play to earn where if you get points in the game and you're making money inside the game by playing it, you are essentially making money in real life because then you can use that and convert it to the dollar or in, and you can convert it to a cryptocurrency that's more accepted like Bitcoin or Ethereum, especially in years to come where cryptocurrency will be an accepted form of payment at most right. places. You could then take that, sell it and directly have the crypto cryptocurrency. So it's going to be insane. Everything's it's for be, sale. Everything's for sale. Everything is for sale. <laughs> the NFTs, the and NFTs play a part in the game too, because yeah. like those skins that you buy in the game are then sold as NFTs. So then it shows in your wallet you have like say you have this super cool jacket that your character wears in the game. You can then take that jacket. I don't want the jacket anymore. Sell it. And the same thing goes. You're not selling it for like the in-game token where you can only use in the game. You're now selling it where you can use sell it and actually make real money off what you bought. So it's not like a waste of money. I'm not buying like a thousand dollar jacket in the game that I yep. can only use in the game. I bought a thousand dollar jacket that I can then sell after mm -hmm. and somebody else can buy and use in the game. So that's just going to be it's fascinating. A, a crazy industry. To, there's so much detail to go into that. But crypto gaming is definitely, if you're interested in getting cryptocurrency, I think crypto gaming is a good place to look. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go to metaverse. Metaverse. The 3D right. internet. Yes, the three. I love, I love to Facebook call Facebook changed its name to Meta. So uh, we're going someplace, and the Nike's preparing to, um, they've got patents on sneakers and all kinds of stuff preparing to enter the Metaverse. Yeah, so like Nike, to bring that to real life, Nike, of course, sells a lot of things, but shoes, they're known for shoes. So now what they're going to do, be doing is designing virtual shoes, virtual like 3D art that then you can buy and your character can now wear in the Metaverse. So now you're buying shoes in real life and now you're actually buying shoes to wear in the metaverse yeah. that are the same thing. You can sell those too. It's this cost, whatever cryptocurrency they use. Um, it's still so new, but now their big companies are trying to catapult the market. And they're, again, we've talked about before NFTs, people always say like, oh, they don't really make any sense. But NFTs aren't necessarily just art. Right. Like they're, right. NFTs are selling the shoes as an NFT. That's, I guess it's a form of art too at the same time, but they're actually utility behind it. You buy it because now... You're like, oh, I want to wear cool shoes in real life. Like, I want to go down the street so everybody like, that's why else do you wear cool shoes? People collect shoes because they want to wear the cool shoes, shoes and show people what I got. But now when we're all in the metaverse, you also want your character to have cool shoes. So right. you're going to be buying those Nike Jordans for a couple hundred <laughs> bucks too. You buy them in real life and then you'll buy them in the metaverse too. So, I mean, Facebook changing its name to meta, it was essentially the thing that really pushed everything forward to yeah. where then everybody was like, okay, this is, this is serious right now too. And I think um, the commercials with Mark Zuckerberg are kind of hilarious because he's just so like, out of touch with like in-person reality that he, when he talks, it's like kind of almost creepy in this. Cause he's just like, <laughs> he's, you can just tell that his brain's so advanced yeah. that he is like, not doesn't know like the human, like real, like conversational part of it where he's just like enter the metaverse. It's just very like robotic speaking, which is mm -hmm. kind of creepy at the same time too. But I think they're going to be doing some amazing stuff. Um, and as you said before, the metaverse, if you don't know what the metaverse is, it's pretty much you're bringing the internet to 3d, as you said before yeah. in real life. So when you put on those, oculus headsets or whatever virtual headsets you have you're literally in a virtual world and it's the same thing you can go there's jobs you can build stuff in it and it's literally going to be like a, a real life situation just in virtually and probably in 10 years it'll be a lot more uh five to ten years even in the next couple but five to ten i think there'll really be like a mass adoption you'll be like all right this is 
what's yeah. happening in yeah. society, just like the movies predicted. But exactly. It's going to be crazy to see. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it's, I, there's, it's so new. Everything's changing every day is that there's just like different things coming out that it's, you have to really be staying on top of it. And if you're not, then you're going to be left behind, but yeah. you definitely do your research. Let's do our podcast. We're definitely going to be talking a lot about like metaverse, NFT stuff, of course, real estate, everything that's involved there as well. But there's a lot of change happening. There is. It's all over the place. Change is good. I like change. Um, yeah. It's a little scary at first and we have to, we have to certainly adjust, but um, that's one thing we know is constant is change and we need change. You know, all, all of the stuff that we're seeing happening in society and politics and in our world, um, things need to be unearthed in order to be witnessed and see what we, it is that we need to change. And there's a lot of things that we need to change. So, um, We'll keep it at that for this podcast, but um, thank you as always for tuning in and we will see you next week.